I'm making my way to Ruatahuna on the day that a cyclone is supposed to hit New Zealand. Uh, there have been storm warnings issued. It's already descended upon the north of uh, northern part of the North Island. Uh, so I'm hopeful that uh, it'll hold off while I make the hour journey from Murupara up to Ruatahuna to Manawahane, a business that's been established by a trust to bring work into the community and by utilising the natural resources of the bees in Ruatahuna. Just passing a sign, uh, Te Whaiti. And so far, maybe about five cars have passed me. Living along this road, uh, most people have four-wheel drives because while we're on Tarsil now, we'll be hitting gravel uh, very shortly. A few houses along the way. And one thing I am noticing, being uh, as we're heading into autumn, uh, there are fruit trees everywhere and they're still bearing fruit. And uh, it looks like nobody's come along and raided the blackberry, the blackberries along the side of the road as well. I'm now on Gravel Road and the wind's starting to pick up a little bit up here. Uh, one thing about Wadahunit, because of its isolation, at times when storms have hit uh, this part of the country, the uh, it does tend to get closed off. However, I'm still a good 40 minutes from the actual township and from the pa at Matatua, which is where Manawahane operates from, and where I will be met by Brenda Tahi, who is one of the trustees of the business that runs Manawahane. Okay, so we're at uh, Marketed Biddle's place, and um, and this is where we come to have our lunches. Um, Marketed does our catering and accommodation for people, so she does a homestay as well um, when we have visitors for the trust. Um, on a board meeting day, we'll have a pretty hard board meeting in the morning, and then we come up here for lunch and completely relax and enjoy a fantastic lunch that Marketed will make for us. Which we've just enjoyed for. ourselves, actually. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, pizza. Yeah. Um, and this amazing pie. Now we're about a five minute walk from where the business is based, aren't we? Yes. So um, the trust is based in a um, in the lower wing of a of one of the homes here in Ratahuna, and it works very well for us um, because it's um, uh, available to everyone in Ratahuna. Um, but we're also just out on the edge a little bit and. Um, and so even though it's hard to find, as you experienced today, Mariah. <laughs> Driving around and around, seeing, yeah, but you left little clues, like beehives here and there, and then timber that looked like they make beehives. And um, so I became quite acquainted with the dogs yeah, yeah. and the horses. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that means we can get on and get our work done. 
um, without um, you know interfering with a lot of our what happens in Ratahuna. Um, but it's we're also connected enough to everything that's going on here too. Yeah. Okay, so let's make our way back down yeah, to okay. your whare yeah, slash the business um, yeah. uh, place. So is this your whare that we've just come into? Uh, this is a home here that uh, I built and or uh, as part of a project. And um, the idea was that um, my son and his family would come back and live in the top part of the house. And um, and I was going to live in the bottom part of the house, sort of like we'd all kind of live together, but also slightly separately. And uh, and then during the building of the house, I met my um, husband now, my partner now. His name is Hekanoa Kurapa. And um, and so we live in his home. And so this home was actually uh, finished, but not in use. So no one was occupying it for some months. Uh, for about a year, and then my son came back to live in the top part of it, and we decided to use the bottom part of it for uh, the trust office. So this is we've converted the bedrooms into office and a meeting room, and uh, the living part of the house, that which is an open plan, um, is now an office area with a small kitchenette. And this is the basis for Manawahane? Uh, so this is the office of the Tūhoi Tūwhenua Trust, and um, the trust uh, trades as Manawa Honey New Zealand uh, for its honey business, but we also have other activities. Now, for those who are interested, Manawa Honey is based in Ruatahuna near Matatua, near the Pa Matatua. And now the weather's kind of turned on us a little bit, so we can't go out and actually go collecting any honey. But so you've there's operational business here, but there's also the practical side of it too, right? The beekeeping side of the business obviously is out there where the hives are situated and we've got them located right throughout the Ratahuna Valley, um, extending right up onto um, Taraponamu, which is the summit that you come over to come into Ratahuna. So how many are we talking? All together. The number of hives we've got is 360, but uh, that's what we had in the last season. And um, at the end of each season, we're splitting our hives to make increases, they say, to increase the number of hives that we can then roll with in the next season. So just on yesterday, um, the boys were out there doing 60 splits, so taking 60 hives, splitting them to make 120 hives. That was at one apiary, and we'll do that until we've increased our total number um, by about 300 or 320. Uh, therefore, um, that'll be doubling our number of hives, essentially. Is there any sort of kind of licensing that you have to do around hives? Um, certainly there is. Um, one of the key things that they have is um, control of a disease called American fowl brood. So um, you have to register your apiaries um, and you have to register your beekeepers as well. So um, we're part of that whole system and the purpose of it really is to keep track of what's happening with hives if there's an outbreak of this disease because there has then it has been, to be controlled. There mm. has been a decline in bee numbers around the world, Neha. Um, yes, there is a decline of and B numbers in places like Europe, the UK, um, 
in North America, and a, a lot of that though is related to um, what they call colony collapse disorder, and they um, relate that back to a whole range of issues like different diseases that those um, bees have to sustain, as well as um, management techniques and you know to try and increase production around things like the use of um, uh, artificial bee pollen or uh, sugar syrup instead of leaving honey with the beehives for their nutrition. So that's something that in New Zealand we're really trying to look out for is um, not putting the beehives under too much stress through the use of different kinds of chemicals, you know, and sprays, that kind of thing, and also what you use for um, the control of diseases like varroa or um, the use of sugar syrup, too much of it, or, you know, or not having access to pollen sources. So in Ratahuna, for instance, um, we're thrilled to find that we have terrific pollen sources because we've got the diversity of our bush um, gives us pollen right throughout the season. Now, a lot of beekeepers don't have that because they're um, producing their honey or keeping their bees in places where there's monocultures, you know, only certain types of trees or certain types of grass or pastures that, you know, gives the bees um, good, good nutrition in parts of the year, but not all year round. And so they suffer from what's called a pollen dearth, whereas a shortage of pollen, which is critical to the health of the bees in the hive. We've got it here. Um, it's not perfect all the way through the year, but it's we're in a much better position than a lot of beekeepers are from that perspective. Yeah. You know, funny, eh? I would have assumed mm. that it wouldn't be... Con I don't know what I would have based this on, but that the weather up here wouldn't be conducive to to bees remaining alive. Um, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, a lot of people think that it's pretty cold at Ratahuna, mm. and it is. But um, bees don't die from the cold, they say. Bees die from starvation. So the key thing is about managing your beehives, even in the winter time, to make sure that they've got food. And that's um, both um, honey as well as pollen, yeah. So bees close down, they what they call cluster, they cluster in the winter, so they slow right down and they don't do much. Um, they don't move around much, but they are active, um, they don't move far, but they're active within the hive, just keeping everything warm, and, um, and they're clustered into a ball, basically, into the centre of the hive. And um, if it's very cold, they're just fine because they can, um, if, as long as they've got food stores, they can pull on those food stores and um, by movement create the heat, generate the heat they need to keep keep nice and warm. Mm -hmm. So that's not a problem. And have yeah. you always been a bee expert? Um, no, <laughs> and I'm not one now either. We're very much learning and... Um, I've been a hobby beekeeper for many years, and in fact, I had a few hives here in Ritahuna, um 20 years ago. I realised when we started again in the last few years that I didn't know what on earth I was doing in those days, and um, I was um, simply benefiting from what was a perfect conditions in Ritahuna right. 
for um, keeping bees. Um, we, we didn't have varroa in those days. And um, and if we had of, I'm sure I would have lost all my bees because I really didn't know what I was doing. But in those days, I just put the hives out there and the bees made lots of honey and we had a wonderful time. It was very simple. Uh, but now um, you have to manage your hives very carefully for varroa, um, protection against varroa. And if you get that wrong, you will lose your bees. So um, it's a very serious matter here that you have to deal with in the operational side. I've always had an interest in it once I started keeping bees, um, and I've done it for years, but um, uh, in latter years I um, wasn't interested, but my husband wanted to start up a few beehives, and I, so I taught him how to do it, and uh, just hobby beekeeping. We'd never done commercial beekeeping, but... For the trust, this was an area that we did a feasibility for in about 2019 and um, got our first hives in the um, in the following season um, for the trust to actually um, take this forward. So we've had to train beekeepers. It hasn't been us. We've just arranged for their training and um, that's been a really key part of the whole development that um, you can't have... Um, beekeeping or honey production without really good beekeepers. Um, if the beekeepers get it wrong, um, you can't get it back. You've lost it for the season. So it's really important that your beekeepers know what they're doing. And um, and we've worked really hard to support our uh, trainee beekeepers to become quite good beekeepers. And So is there um, a beekeeping school, school that they go to? Um, there is um, some training they can do, but of course it's not close to us. Because mm. so if we would put it into context, Ruatahuna is about two and a half hours from Rotorua. Yeah, How pretty much. Yeah, so it's not far. It's only about, I think, 140 k's, but it takes you, you know, two hours, or in your case, two and a half, <laughs> Kari. Um, yeah, but, um, yeah, and it's... Um, but the thing is, in the North Island, it's not available either, or it wasn't for a long time. So it was only through Telford, uh, which is it's a polytech uh, at Lincoln in the South Island. And so we did the first training we arranged for our beekeeper um, through Telford by correspondence. They do a distance education thing. So, um, And that's not easy because um, there were no experts around to actually help our beekeeper through that course. But um, he went through the course and at the same time, um, you know, we believe in on hands-on training, so we sent him off to the Watsons and the Wairarapa, which is a really big beekeeping operation, and simply threw him in the deep end. And he was there for two weeks. He went there, never seen a bee in his life in a beehive, came back a beekeeper, yeah. And um, the reality is you don't learn beekeeping like that. You learn how to handle bees in that sort of time. But to keep bees, um, every part of the year is different. So it takes um, a number of years before you gain the experience. So you're not doing the same thing every day, every week, every month. They're all quite different activities uh, throughout the year. And as I said, if you get it wrong at one of those stages, you can never get it back. So this, um, this skill is critical to the whole honey production operation that we've got Yeah. And you're building the capacity of beekeepers in Ruatauna? Yes, we are. So um, when we first set up, 
Um, and we decided from our feasibility study that we would set up and get some hives and get going. Um, we advertised uh, for a beekeeper, a trainee beekeeper. Um, nobody actually put their hand up in Radahina because it's not something that we're used to here um, uh, uh, currently in these current years. Um, in the past, of course, the old people used to get um, honey, but um, commercial beekeeping in a modern sense, no, we didn't have that experience here. So um, we had no offers, uh, so we cornered our hunaona, our um, son-in-law, and um, uh, sort of said to him, well, you know, how about you be the beekeeper? And he had been um, a farmer for some time, and he thought, well, maybe it's a bit like that, and... Um, uh, discussed it with his family and then he decided he would have a go and he is now a beekeeper. We've also developed another person um, from Rutahuna to um, become a beekeeper and um, we're in the process of training others for the future. Yeah, um, One of the objectives of the trust is to create jobs in Rutahuna and although we could have brought in experienced beekeepers from outside of Rutahuna, we believe that the best way forward is for us to develop our own. Uh, that is a limitation on our business and the pace at which we can grow it. We can only grow it as fast as we can grow our capability. Um, but um, we think it's really an important part of the of the kaupapa, of the whole um, business, and, um, and it's something we're utterly committed to. Mm. Is there room for more honey in the New Zealand market? Um, well, in the New Zealand market, interestingly, um, you know, it's pretty competitive, um, but um, in ex export-wise, um, exports of New Zealand honeys are growing. The New Zealand share of the world market in honey is very, very small, and New Zealand does have a good reputation for obviously pure product. and natural and um, good product. And although that has been tarnished a little bit in recent times, um, with basically honey with, with, products like with honey as well as milk, um, but with honey as well, some of the New Zealand honeys have been tested overseas and have been found to be not quite true to label. And um, and so that's sort of put some doubts over some of the um, honey uh, production in New Zealand, but not to the extent that it's cutting back exports. Basically, exports are booming in honey. Um, honey has been identified as one of the um, um, developments in New Zealand that has real potential in the glo in global markets and has been. Um, supported in research as well as um, promotion uh, by the government. So it is something that um, we think that there's a lot of opportunity in, especially for our honey from the indigenous forest here in, in the Urawera. Mm. So what are your long-term plans for Manawa honey? Obviously we want to get Manawa honey to a stage where you know, it's sustaining itself. At the moment we're still in a development mode and that's taking um, a lot of um, ploughing back whatever we make you know, back into the business um, to try and grow the number of hives. And part of that, because we don't have the capital available to us to um, you know, simply go out and buy hives, that's what a lot of other beekeeping um, and honey production companies do. They just go out and buy hives. 
Um, what we're having to do is actually uh, work with what we've got here in Rotahuna. So we've um, milled some of the pine trees here in Rotahuna and then we've treated them and we've made up our own boxes and own bases and that kind of thing to uh, make the hives. And then we just do splits each year to increase the number of hives that we've got. And um, over time we'll build up the number of hives and get to a point um, where it'll create a number of jobs in Rathahuna. So this could be like the honey-making factory of the Rirubida? Um, yeah, we don't necessarily aspire to be that, but we're just trying to do our thing here in Rathahuna and, um, and just get uh, our business... Um, to a level, as I said, of it being able to carry on into the future. So part of that is um, not just building capability so that we've got beekeepers that can do the do the work, um, but also the business um, acumen to run the business and um, particularly on the marketing side. So um, we want to um, have good markets here in New Zealand, but we're also looking at export markets and um, have been working hard on that um, development over the last few months um, since we branded our honey. So um, a lot of beekeepers will do the beekeeping, produce their honey in bulk, just put it into drums and then they sell it onto a honey packer and exporter. Um, we've decided to go that step to do it, to do it ourselves. Um, we do our packing under contract, so somebody else actually does the packing, but we get the honey back um, packed under our brand. Does the isolation of Ruatahuna play a part in making that challenging? Um, definitely. So even for us to go um, to Rotorua or Tauranga or to Auckland for marketing purposes, it Firstly, we're travelling over a really difficult road and we're a long way from those markets. Um, in terms of um, the production of the honey, we're having to ship our boxes from here in Radauna. They get trucked to Rotorua for extraction and then we have to move them from the extraction plant to the bottling plant, which we've been um, doing in Fakatani, And so all of these things and being distant from them is quite hard for us to manage, but we're learning how to do that, albeit at a distance. Yeah, and it's been um, hard, but we've learned how to do it, and we're always learning how to improve too. So we're looking forward to um, better seasons in the future. Um, one of the things we're wanting to do is set up an extraction plant here in Rodona. Um It will create more work, and it will also make it easier for us operationally. Um, but it's an easy thing to say. It's um, another thing to design it and another thing to pay for it, yeah. But, I mean, these aren't new things for little communities like this. They've often had Waimana, for instance. Uh -huh. I mean, it doesn't have half the isolation issues that it is here, uh -huh. but used to produce cheese. Yes. Um, yeah, no. had um, other things that were produced up here. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. And um, I suppose... Um, if we take the Waimana and cheese um, example, is that that was in the context of um, 
you know, cheese being in demand, you know, the whole dairy um, industry, or at least around cheese and, and butter in those days, was pretty strong. And um, we've got a strong honey industry, or one that's strengthening in New Zealand. Um, the issue for us is that we don't produce manuka honey, and the success of the honey industry in New Zealand is, you know, on the back of the whole success, global success with manuka. Um, we don't produce it here because our bees... Um, uh, have access, close access to, um, you know, these other trees that they much prefer. So mahoi, rewerewa, tawari, these are the species that um, our bees prefer. And um, and without manuka, um, it's not an easy pathway in markets. Uh, so we're building on um, the early uh, development of our brand. And, yeah, we're just looking for opportunities out there and always... Um, you know, hoping the big one's going to come along to help <laughs> us. Yeah, but um, we're working hard on that, and we're just at the beginning of that road, and it's a new, th- completely new thing for us. Um, none of us come with a marketing background, so we have to develop not just the beekeeping capability, but this whole marketing um, uh, capability is key to the f- future success of Manawa Honey. So how vital is Aruatahuna to that marketing Ratahuna or um, Te Manawa Oteika, which is, of course, where we derive our brand name, um, is the, um, it's absolutely central to our brand and to the marketing. Uh, that's because we believe in it. Um, there's people out there who also are attracted to that brand and to the thought of honey being produced in a place like Ratahuna. Um, for others... Um, especially globally, um, anywhere in New Zealand is good. And so um, that uniqueness of Ratahuna is something that's really, how can we put it, a niche market, I suppose.